Amidst the rubble and desolation of a post-apocalyptic world, two fearsome warlords, TIE Fighter and T-Bone, rose from the ashes. Clad only in loincloths, wrapped from the hides of the fierce beasts of the tundra, they were the last hope of a dying humanity. High on a snow-capped mountain, a mystical seer revealed a prophecy that could alter the course of history. The relics of a forgotten era, the 1980s, held the power to restore hope to a world on the brink of despair. To save humanity, TIE Fighter and Hebel must journey through the wastelands, through time itself. The seer wove a spell over our barbarian heroes, and with a flash of brilliance, glistening off their well-oiled, tightened, knotted muscles, TIE Fighter and T-Bone found themselves transported to a truly outrageous era of eye-poppy neon, sense-shattering synthesizers, unbelievably crunchy bangs, and unforgettable pop culture. Join TIE Fighter and T-Bone as they embark on a mind-bending quest to retrieve the relics from the past and usher in a new dawn for humanity. Get ready for a wild, action-packed adventure that bridges the realms of history and imagination as our barbarian heroes become unlikely stewards in Time Barbarians of the 1980s. In time. Very special episode today. We are taking the show to Hawaii. Uh, we are taking the uh, the episode uh, recording in the back of the bicycle shop. Um, what are some other special episodes? <laughs> it seems like on very special episodes, they always go to like Silver Dollar City or they're always going to Hawaii. Or... I'm going I'm to take some pictures of you, so why don't you take your shirt off? <laughs> yeah. Get comfortable. I'm done. <laughs> shirt? I didn't come in with a shirt on. Yeah, so... Uh, we'll be going to Disney World. <laughs> yeah, going to Disney World, going to Worlds of Fun, uh, doing all the things that we did, uh, jumping the shark, so to speak, I yeah. guess. But now this is a very special episode. Um, we are kind of doing something a little different uh, than we normally do. Um, we just didn't know if you guys out there were kind of getting bored of us talking about how much we love movies, uh, especially action movies. So for this episode... We are going back in time. Yeah, uh, we are going to be talking about all of the events that happened January 1980. What did life look like January 1980? Uh, I personally was only four years old. At the time, I was born. Well, actually, I've been five because I was born in January. Uh, January, uh, July twenty fifth, 
1975. So I would be five, four and a half, four and a half almost five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't remember what I was doing. Probably, if, if memory serves correctly, I was probably eating at McDonald's, playing on the real playground <laughs> with the Mayor McCheese, um, the, the, what was the Officer Big Mac, where you got to climb up into the hat, yeah. uh, the fr- rode the fry guys, um, decided whether or not I should climb to the top of the uh, pie tree. There was like a fruit <laughs> pie. They used to sell fruit pies, and uh, you know they had a tree with fruit pies on it. Yeah. And was never clearly evident what that part of the uh, playground was for. I always wanted to climb to the top of it, and that well, was kind of the deal. What was the McDonald's lore behind that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just remember, like, I had my birthday party at McDonald's, though, once, and we played some games. Uh, one of the games I remember uh, we played was, um, there was a, it was kind of like a, a, a version of beer pong. I guess maybe they were kind of in on that before it became a thing, but basically it was sort of like the a combination of beer pong and the grand prize game from the Bozo Show. I don't know if you watched that or not. What you had to do was they lined up cups, like malt cups, and you were to throw straws from across the table, and if you landed it into the cup, you took that cup away, and then you had to go. So the, the goal of the game was to land your straw into all the cups and remove, remove all your cups. But um, it would have been cool if they would have added, like, a drinking game aspect, like maybe a, a malt or a shake yeah. that you would have to chug and, you know, prevent brain freeze. I don't know. But anyway, uh, how old were you back in uh, January of 1980? Not quite three, so a little bit younger than you. Yeah. yeah I have no idea what I was doing then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, probably watching cartoons. Watching some cartoons. Wanting those He-Man underoos. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what kind of notes do we have for this very special episode? Yeah, this is a, uh, in true 80s fashion here, we're doing a spinoff episode to see if we get any interest or traction or whatever. Any bites? Yeah, so we're uh, going to cover, the, the theory is to cover a month, a his, the history of the 1980s. Yeah. So, one month per episode. That would be cool. Yeah, this going is going through the. This 1980s. is a very daunting task, because um, you know I kind of did a little bit of research when you brought this to me, mm-hmm. and I didn't find like there's a whole bunch of shit that happens in the 80s, <laughs> or 1980, but not necessarily broken down by months. And yeah. So sometimes we're, it's kind of uh, hard to scramble to find content for that. But I think we're pretty pretty well set. I think. Yeah, we might have to play it by ear for the first few episodes. See how we get, you know. See how the format goes. Yeah, what, totally. How we're gonna tweak it. But uh, yeah, I've got some notes here. We're kind of breaking it down by. Um, just various topics. So we'll get right into it since we we're mainly a movie podcast. I guess we'll start off with some movies and TV. What was going on in January 1980 in the movie and TV world? So we had some TV shows premiere this month. Oh, okay. Uh, one called Skag, which was a drama about a Pittsburgh steel mill worker. Never heard of that show. <laughs> Never heard of that show either. Yeah. There's probably like two Skag fans out there yeah. that are being like, "What? You never heard of that?" Yeah. Uh, uh, here we go. Three, two, one. Contact. 
premiered this month. Three, two, one, yeah, contact. Which is a science-based children's educational show. I definitely watched this a little bit in the, back in the day. Ran for a number of years. Okay. Chain Reaction, which was a game show. I remember the Chain Reaction, yeah. Um, a sitcom called Good Time Girls. Oh, I thought you were going to say Good Times. I was <laughs> like, Good Time Girls, that yeah. sounds interesting. Uh, set in the 1940s. It was inspired by Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley, which, of course, were set in the 1950s. Yeah. I think it was the same producers, actually, and they kind of, you know, branched off into the 40s. <laughs> That's awesome. Which, coincidentally, was all brought about by George Lucas and doing American Graffiti. Uh, I know that American Graffiti hit, I want to say, 73, Three, four. 4, something like that. Um, and Ron Howard was in that, mm-hmm. and he prompt or they promptly kind of snatched him up because he was kind of doing Roger Corman films, I think, at the time, or maybe around the same time, and they locked him in, you know, <laughs> ro- locked in that that Ron Howard deal, yeah. and they signed him on for Happy Days, which is sort of like a extension to um, uh, Happy Days without all the Vietnam War stuff, I guess. <laughs> And then that led to Laverne and Shirley, Laverne which is a Shirley, spin-off yeah. of that. Yeah. And this is kind of a, uh, I guess, a, them- a spiritual spin-off, spin-off of <laughs> Good Time Girls. I wonder if they spun a character off, though, because you almost have to have that. No, it was, it's not, con- they're not connected in any they're way. They're not connected. Just, I think yeah. it's just the same producers. Yeah. Because wasn't Mork and Mindy even a spin-off of Happy Days as well? Because oh, I think Mork. Or Laverne and Shirley. Or one of the two, because yeah, I know that I he appeared right. on one of yeah. those episodes, Robin Williams did. Uh, another show that premiered in January 1980, Galactica 1980, Ooh. which was a sequel spinoff series of the wildly popular sci-fi series Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah. Which had uh, ended the year before. Um, TV shows that made their final appearance this month include Spider Woman, an animated series about the superheroine. A short-lived sitcom called A New Kind of Family. Never heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like one of those. Like, that was kind of like a a big thing in the 80s is, like, trying to take two families and mash them together. Not quite Brady Bunch style, but you would have, like, the Asian family, like, moving in with, like, the African-American family, and then there's your sitcom. Yeah, I think, uh, I didn't write this down, but I looked this up, and I think it was... There's like a divorced woman that moves in with a single mom or something. There it is, yeah. Yeah. There's always some kind of rub to it. It's not just straight, you know, it's always got to be something. Uh, Also, making its final appearance, Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo. I mean, who knows? There's been like a million Scooby-Doo iterations. There really has. I do remember um, Scrappy being kind of like, a much beloved but also much yeah. hated character as well, mm-hmm. which I never quite understood the hate of him, but it is what it is. I remember watching that, though. Last episode of The Rockford Files premiered, oh. which is a popular detective drama that ran for uh, six or seven years, I believe. Yeah. Throughout the 70s. Um, the number one film in the U.S., for the first couple of days of 1980 was Star Trek The Motion Picture. Yes. Which had premiered the month before. Uh, first uh, full-length motion picture in the Star Trek franchise. I remember seeing that. It wasn't in a the theater. I don't remember if we saw it on home video. I don't remember. 
I I do remember like the bald girl mm-hmm. <laughs> in it. Yeah. Um, I remember like because um, that was like the first time they'd gotten the cast back together since the original series. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge Trekkie, but I was kind of raised like my grand my grandfather watched Star Trek. Maybe I did see it in a movie theater. I don't remember. Um, I just remember like thinking like. It ain't Star Wars. <laughs> it's not as action-packed as, yeah. as Star Wars. But uh, the whole rest of the month was dominated by the Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep drama Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, I remember that one, too. Uh, other notable movies that you might have been able to see in the theater in January 1980 include All That Jazz, 1941, and The Jerk. Oh, no way. 1980? Um, uh, January 1980. Well, they were still in the theaters. Oh, they were time. still in the yeah. theaters. Okay. I think they premiered like in, I think The Jerk was in November, maybe. Oh, man. What a movie. Yeah. What 19, a film. 1941, kind of stupid. That's not, the not Spielberg. Not Spielberg at his height. <laughs> but uh, if you were a kid in, the, in January of 1980, which we both were, some of the cartoons that we might have watched on Saturday morning include The World's Greatest Super Friends, yeah, Casper, nice. Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Show. I know I was almost certainly watching that because I was a huge fan of that. Yeah. Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. I was a big fan of Fat Albert. Hashtag me too. <laughs> <laughs> we got to throw that in. Yeah. I don't hashtag me too as in uh, you were also a fan or hashtag me too as you were also sexually assaulted by Bill Cosby. <laughs> Maybe we should just move on. Yeah, we'll scratch that one. Uh, Spider-Man, uh, Godzilla, and Johnny Quest, and of course, many others. Though Saturday morning was uh, still a huge thing at that time. Yeah, I remember as a kid, like, that was the only time that cartoons played, um, other than the fact that, like, and, and the after-school time. Like, I remember, like, yeah. okay, so kind of to go back with the DeLorean a little bit, um, we spent a lot of time growing up, especially in the summertime, at my grandma's house um, because they lived basically around the corner from us um, in our neighborhood. And um, I remember we'd get up and go play and just play, play, play. We were outside. We were riding bikes. We were playing football. We were doing you know, kid stuff. Throwing. We, I remember my grandpa had like a shop in his garage, and he had these big, long screwdrivers, and I would like flick them across the <laughs> whole yard and like make them stick in the ground, you know. I mean, these screwdrivers were probably like two feet long, three foot long screwdrivers. Yeah. Those are our swords and da 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 da. Um, but then I remember her saying, like, you know, you guys basically, we come in for lunch and then we go back outside. We weren't really almost even allowed back in the house until about 2 30 or 3 o'clock. And that's when, like, the Sid and Marty Croft hour came on. And we would watch, like, Pippi Longstocking. Like, um, there was one about Bigfoot and, like, Wild Boy, I think. And then they would also show cartoons during that time. But uh, we also had a TV show called Uncle Zeb that was kind of popular. He'd play cartoons like a local guy. And um, we would watch that, and, and like I said. But then after that, that was it. It went straight into, like, the news. And, mm-hmm. like, there was no programming for children right. at all, you know, uh, except for that little spot, that one little probably hour block maybe, if it was an hour. But we grew up, like, watching a lot of, like, Leave it to Beaver and, like, Legend, or not Legend Alone, but the Lone Ranger, um, you know, shows that, you know, like the monkeys, like, <laughs> I don't know, it's just weird, like, that's what our yeah. t- children's TV was, but cartoons were, like, so special to us, because they really only came on on Saturdays, Saturday mornings, right. so that was kind of, like, a revolutionary thing when 
you know, like the Disney Channel came out or, you know, they started showing cartoons outside of that little block time, so. Yeah, and that's really going to pick up speed here throughout the 80s, so I'm sure we'll be getting into Saturday morning cartoons and all that kind of stuff a lot. Yeah, I had a big, um, I had a a Hulk, aluminum Hulk tray, um, had probably like, I don't know, it was like the the aluminum Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, (laughs) but it was like a metal tray, like a lap tray, and my brother had a Dukes of Hazard one, mm-hmm. and we would get up Saturday mornings, and we would eat cereal, um, and again, like, sugar crisp, or like, um, cheer- my favorite one was like Cheerios, but you put your own sugar in it, <laughs> and the best thing ever was like, we put so much sugar in it, like, you could like, scoop up from the bottom, like, sand, and we would like, eat the, like, this is the best, like, the Cheerios with like, the sugar. Oh, God. Like, yeah, just spoonfuls of that while we watched cartoons. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. awesome. Uh, anyway, on January 1st, the Muppet movie was released on VHS, Betamax, and Laserdisc. Wow. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there weren't too many. Uh, this was still really early on in the home video era. Yeah. So not too many things were coming out. Black Entertainment Television, or BET, premiered as a block of programming on the USA Network on January 25th. Oh, nice. It wasn't until 1983 that would it, be, it would become a standalone channel. On January 26th, the 37th Golden, Globes Award, Golden Globe Awards were held. The top-winning films that year were Kramer vs. Kramer and Apocalypse Now. <laughs> Kramer vs. Kramer won for Best Drama. Best Actor for Dustin Hoffman, Best Supporting Actress for Meryl Streep, and Best Screenplay. Apocalypse Now won Best Director for Francis Ford Coppola, Best Original Score, and Best Supporting Actor for Robert Duvall. Wow. So, that, um, and Alien was nominated for this uh, something, I think, music? or something. Oh, really? I don't believe it won anything. But yeah, this was the year that Alien was nominated for a Golden Globe. That's awesome. Just repeat that one more time. Alien was nominated for a Golden Globe. All right, let's move on to some music. On January 5th, a Donna Summer Greatest Hits album made it to the top of the charts. This uh, disco was kind of waning at this point. Rush released Permanent Waves on January 14th. Still a fantastic album. It would become their fifth platinum album. On January 16th, Paul McCartney, on tour with his band Wings, is arrested in Tokyo for being in possession of half a pound of marijuana. (laughs) Paul? Really? (laughs) I thought that he was such a straight-laced kid. (laughs) A hippie doing drugs? (laughs) (laughs) The rest of their tour was canceled. McCartney was released from jail a week and a half later and immediately deported. On January 18th, Pink Floyd's The Wall hits number one on the charts. Oh, wow. A few of the many songs that made the top 40 in the month of January include Brass in Pocket by The Pretenders, Don't Do Me Like That by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, I Want to Be Your Lover by Prince, Lost in Love by Air Supply, Too Hot by Cool and the Gang, what I Like About You by The Romantics and Turning Japanese by The Vapors. Yes. What a time to be alive. <laughs> All right. 
Let's go on to some uh, politics and current events. Ooh, okay. Now we're going to put our, our drama faces yeah. on here. Do we need to uh, put a disclaimer that these are not the reflections or uh, <laughs> attitudes? As, yeah. yeah, strictly the facts. So the president in, in uh, January 1980 is Jimmy Carter, Democrat from Georgia. His vice president is Walter Mondale. This will be the last year of the Carter administration. Uh, his first and only term as president. Uh, still alive, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think he is still alive, yeah. Amazingly. Yeah. Uh, on January 4th, uh, President Carter proclaimed a grain embargo against the USSR. I should say he's still alive as of July yeah. 2023. <laughs> yeah. But if you're listening to this in 10 years, let us know if he's still kicking. <laughs> yeah. If he's still 118. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Uh, grain embargo, USSR, because the Cold War is still raging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the uh, January 7th, he authorized legislation that would bail out the Chrysler Company for $1.5 billion. Always bailing out those car companies. <laughs> Bleeding heart. <laughs> Liberal! <laughs> I believe they did pay it back, though. So. Of course they did. Uh, six American diplomats successfully snuck out of Iran on January 27th and escaped to Switzerland. This was during the Iran hostage crisis that was still going on at this time. Yeah. And uh, the diplomats had managed to avoid capture by posing as Canadians. Oh. This incident was made into the 2012 film Argo. Did you ever see that? I never saw Argo. I thought it was pretty good. I never saw that. Wasn't it Affleck in that? And yeah. Did he direct that as well? Yeah. I need to check that out. I, don't know I bet how, that is good. I don't know how historically accurate it is, but it's pretty good. Yeah. And it's about this incident. Yeah. I wonder if he has a big scene of any of the T-shirts that were sold during that time, because I do distinctly remember the Ayatollah is an asshole <laughs> T-shirts. <laughs> Ayatollah asshole. <laughs> the uh, energy crisis, which started in 1973 and resulted from substantial petroleum shortages and price hikes, would be entering its final year this year. Mm. So there's a little uh, snapshot of some politics. Also, I don't think we mentioned it, but uh, we, we're mainly going to be talking about the United States yeah. in this series. As USA! As USA! Yeah. There'd just be way too much to yeah. talk about. World. <laughs> yeah. All right, sports. Super Bowl fourteen takes place on January 20th between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. The Steelers became the first NFL team to win four Super Bowls by beating the Rams 31-19. to I wonder if Bradshaw – I'm not, like, a huge sports guy, but, like, I do remember, like, some pretty big names from, like, back in the day. And, like, Terry Bradshaw and, like, um, was it Star uh, – Roger Starback or Box Starbach or something like that. Anyway, I wonder if Bradshaw led that team to the uh, to the win. Doesn't say. Uh, on January first, Oklahoma beats Florida State at the Orange Bowl. Alabama beats Arkansas State at the Sugar Bowl, and at the Rose Bowl, Southern California beats Ohio State. There's your college football wrap up. <laughs> on January twenty sixth, American athlete Mary Decker became the first woman to run a mile in under four and a half minutes. Wow, good job, women. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> Knew they were good for something. Yeah, <laughs> running the mile. All right, there's your little sports uh, 
sports wrap-up. Uh, I got a few notes about some uh, toys and tech technology. Yes. On January 6th, GPS, or the Global Positioning System, comes online for the first time. Wow. I didn't know it was that old. I did not know it was that old either. Apparently, it, I'm sure the military was using it exclusively yeah. for like the first 25 years. I guess like radar would kind of be like a little, I don't know. I mean, radar, I guess, really kind of things approaching like yeah. a certain area. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, I don't entirely understand this. I thought it was interesting, though. Uh, DOS Epic Time begins on uh, the first week of January 1980. Um, so I guess basically uh, for computers and computer systems, when they're programming the operating system, they program a time in there for, mm. for like when when time, quote-unquote, starts on oh. the computer. And... So, like, if the computer gets wiped or erased or something, it reverts back to that beginning date. And so, you know, first week of January 1980 was what most, uh, I guess, DOS-based computers and computer systems. You know, that needs to be a movie. So, like, we need to have, like, a historical, like, computer set up to that. But then, like, um, you know, hundreds of years in the future, there's, like, now we have, like, manservant robots or something mm -hmm. like that. And then it gets reprogrammed back to January <laughs> yeah. 1980. And then it's like, do you know what I mean? But it's like still living in the current The androids time. think it's 1980. <laughs> yeah, the androids think that it's 1980. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so Copyright. Th yeah. That Pump was, action uh, podcast. <laughs> 2023. 2023. Uh, so that was DOS. Um, I th and for example, I think, uh, I was looking at some of the other ones. I think Windows, they're time quote-unquote begins in like the 1600s or or something begins anyway i don't entirely understand i just thought it sounded cool that is kind of cool though yeah i mean i, I guess you know it's almost like that. they reset time like yeah. now time really begins like a computer works. big bang right right they have exactly. to move forward from um and we were talking about this the other day uh if, so if you went to mcdonald's in january 1980 and got a happy meal you would get one of a number of toys relating to Star Trek, the motion picture, including a ring, a board game, a bracelet, an iron-on, or a replica handheld communicator. That's awesome. Whatever happened to like, those cool Happy Meal toys with the movie tie-ins? Now yeah. it's just like all like mass-produced. Yeah. But like, um, I was like looking at some of them online, like some of the images, like, and it was like four rings. I think you got Kirk, Spock. There was like... Um, like a fleet, like a Starfleet Academy insignia, mm -hmm. and then um, probably the bald chick. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I can't imagine it, like who else they would. I don't know who else they would put on there though. But um, that's awesome. Like I think that's so cool that they were already and smartly like tying in films with like a toy, like a marketing campaign. Like McDonald's was jumped in early on that. You know. Yeah, that was one of the first. Happy Meals, because they had just started like a year or two before that, I think. Yeah. I'm also wondering, too, um, maybe it was the Great Muppet Caper, but I remember like at McDonald's, you could get like a collection of like glasses yeah. um, that had Muppets on them, but it may have been for the Great Muppet Caper, because I remember like, I think there was one of like Kermit like on the, like on a bike maybe, and like Miss Piggy like on a motorcycle, yeah. like <laughs> jumping through stained glass, like I don't remember what all yeah. they were, but. Oh, and there was like the bus, like the Dr. Mayhem. Right. Like the Dr. Teeth, uh, the band. like the Electric Mayhem. The Electric Mayhem had their bus on there. I remember that one. 
I remember we had like a King Kong one too. I think that was like from Pizza Hut or something. Yeah, 80s, the golden age of uh, <laughs> glassware. Glassware, yeah. <laughs> IP glassware. Yeah. This month in history, uh, January 8th, 1980, was the 165th anniversary of the Battle of New Orleans, where Andrew, General Andrew Jackson led U.S. troops in a successful defense against a British attack during the War of 1812. Unbeknownst to both sides, however, the war had actually ended two weeks earlier when a <laughs> peace treaty was signed. That sounds about right for Andrew Jackson. Uh, speaking of Andrew Jackson, uh, January 30th, 1980, was the 145th anniversary of the first attempted assassination on a U.S. president against Andrew Jackson. <laughs> a would-be assassin leveled two pistols on him and fired, but both pistols misfired and Jackson was completely unharmed. Oh, dang it. January 28th, 1980 was the 65th anniversary of the creation of the U.S. Coast Guard. Oh, wow. That's, in, that's interesting. Yeah. All right, you want to hear some famous birthdays? January yeah. 1980. Yes. Singer, actor, composer, and all-around multi-talented guy, Lin-Manuel Miranda, was born on January 16th. Big fan of Lynn Manuel Commander. What did you say? What was his name? <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? Lynn Manuel Miranda. Miranda. I said Commander. <laughs> Commander Lynn Manuel. <laughs> yeah. Actress Zoe Deschanel was born on January 17th. Wow. Okay. Actor and comedian Jason Siegel was born on the 18th. Backstreet Boys. Here's one for you. Backstreet Boys <laughs> member Nick Carter, born on January 28th. Oh, yes. <laughs> Big, big, big Backstreet Boy fan. And uh, actor Wilmer Valderrama was born on January 30th, 1980. Wow. Hashtag me too. Isn't he in some trouble now for uh, something? I think it's Danny Masterson, oh, the guy. Okay. But also, I don't know, though. I don't know. I think they are all. I think even Nick Carter, maybe. I don't I don't know. I don't know. We'll just say hashtag me too on all yeah. of those, except don't. for Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, don't, nobody sue us. We're just, yeah. we're just spitballing here. <laughs> yeah. On the fly. Yeah. Uh, actor, uh, famous deaths. Oh. I got one for you. Actor and comedian Jimmy Durante oh. died on January 29th. Tell me that's not true. <laughs> Durante was active in the entertainment industry from 1920 through 1971. Wow. Started on vaudeville. Uh, I got a couple of miscellaneous facts here to wrap up. Uh, on January 1st, Gary Larson's comic strip, The Far Side, debuts in newspapers. Wow. It would run in papers for the next 15 years and win numerous awards, becoming one of the most beloved and popular comic strips of all time. I have to say, in just my personal opinion, he is probably the most underrated cartoonist, humorist to ever walk the face of this earth because some of the gags, you got to remember, it's just one panel. It's one single joke. They still hold up. And no matter how many times I've seen them, I can like step away for like a year or like three months and go back to them and still get just as much enjoyment out of those far side cartoons as I did the first time I saw them. Um, growing up, my folks were like big far side fans. Um, so much to the fact like every year for Christmas, Santa Claus in my stocking would give me a far side calendar. And so it had a different far side cartoon on it every right. day. Oh, yeah. And every day of the years, you just tore them off and throw them in the trash. 
But I was such like a collector even back in the day, and I thought the Far Side comics were so funny. Um, I was collecting them in like in a scrapbook, so I would like take the cartoons off and I would like put them like in a scrapbook. And that was until I found that you could actually buy Far Side books. Yeah. <laughs> you would go to <laughs> go to like B Dalton or like Walden Books or like whatever your local bookstore was, and you could actually buy like. Far Side, like Return of the Far Side, or like Creature from the Dark Far Side, and stuff like that. And I would start, oh, okay, so I don't really need to do that anymore. What was really cool is like it would show like the, um, like the history of the joke. Like he would like scratch it out on like a little piece of paper, like you know, like what it would be versus like kind of go through these different you know various stages until he kind of perfected it. Mm-hmm. So some of those books are really really cool. If you don't know what the Far Side is, do yourself a huge favor. Go buy any of the books. Look it up online. Is, is he still with us, Gary Larson? I believe so, yes. And he doesn't do them anymore. Because didn't he bring it back, like, briefly? I think he does some online. Okay, okay. Not not in print. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. Uh, Farside Comics are awesome. Yeah, I want to issue a quick correction. Uh, Wilmer Valderrama does not appear to be in any trouble. So. Oh, okay, <laughs> so we will take back our <laughs> <Yes>. hashtag. <laughs> 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 Yet. <laughs> but still for Cosby. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag. Yeah. Um, January 18th, the owners of Studio 54, Steve Rubell and Ian Schrager, are sentenced to three and a half years in prison for tax evasion. Uh-huh. Studio 54 was a nightclub in Min- midtown Manhattan that is mostly known for its heyday in the disco era of the late 1970s. A den of debauchery. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, I guess apparently, it had been around since the 30s, and it's still kind of around. But Is it's it really? Like a, just a, just a bar now. theater or oh, something. Oh, okay. So it's not really like what it used to be, right. obviously. That but, used to be like the big thing. I remember like seeing like news reports on Studio 54, and it just made it out to be, in my little child brain, like just something that was just... Incomprehensible, incomprehensible <laughs> like of the shit that was going on inside those walls, and it probably was. Yeah, you know. I, but anyway, all right. Uh, so there's a little snapshot of what was going on in the U.S. January 1980. Um, so I mean, next time we do this, we'll probably talk about February 1980. February 1980. See what's going on then. Yeah, I did a little bit of research. The only thing I don't know, maybe because you know, the internet. I mean. <laughs> It never has lied to me before, (laughs) but I did find that one of the films that was released January 1980, and again, this is, I can't even remember what website I found it on, probably Wikipedia, which again is like the source of like all correct information. The Elephant Man was also released in January 1980. Have you ever seen The Elephant Man? Um, I've seen parts of it. Parts of it, yeah. I was just wondering like what your take on it was, your hot take. (laughs) Because, um, you know, it was directed by David Lynch. Mm-hmm. It's probably the least of the Lynchian films that he did um, that's not just complete, total, like, acid trip, right. I guess. Um, there are moments like that, but not nearly, you know, it's... it's. Um, I mean, it's just a completely depressing story. It so is. I- the. I was going to say, <laughs> if you want to have the worst day of your life... Go watch The Elephant Man. It's a gorgeous film, but oh my God, it's heartbreaking. Like, even I, I saw, like, as um, Criterion put it out on Blu ray, 
maybe a couple of years ago, maybe a year or so ago. I don't remember which. And so I picked it up because, uh-huh. um, I, and I'm not a big David Lynch fan. It's one of those guys, either whether you love him or you hate him, I could feel, you know, go either way with, with like, I don't know, some of the stuff I enjoy, some of the stuff I think is just a lot of uh, pompous, <laughs> arrogant type filmmaking, you know, like, I'm going right. to make this for me and like you're not supposed to understand it. But anyway, um, so I watched it and, God, like, I, I, I'm a grown man. It, it put a little knot in my throat a couple of scenes. <laughs> I'm just like, my God, like, John Hurt is amazing. And um, that was the first film where, like, it wasn't really um, nominated for anything, I don't believe. And so that year, the Academy Awards came up with the best makeup design um, basically for that film so that film could win an Academy right. Award. Um, but yeah, so that was the very first time, like I said, the first make for that. I don't know whether it was the 1980, uh, Academy Awards or if it was 81. Sometimes it all gets kind of thrown Mm -hmm. in there together. But anyway, so I kind of thought that was kind of a neat little snippet of information about the elephant man, but I could be wrong. I could have been released in February. I don't know. Again, internet prove me wrong. Uh, I like, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Um, I looked, uh, not too much was going on in the uh, world of toys in January 1980, but I did look at some of the popular toys for Christmas of 1979. Oh, okay. Which uh, we probably would have been playing with in yes. January of 1980. Um, Star Wars toys were oh. still hugely popular. Yeah. Uh, I believe the Millennium Falcon came out for that Christmas season of 79. Uh, strawberry shortcake was popular. Mm-hmm. The Atari video computer system, oh, which yeah. would later be known as the twenty six hundred, it was really starting to pick up steam around this time. So, those were you know, some of the more popular toys around. Yeah, nineteen eighty uh, January. I re- I remember like um, when we were Star Wars kids growing up. I mean, that's just that's what it was for us, hands down. I mean, it was the greatest toy line. Still to this day, ever produced. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Greatest toy line ever produced. Ken, the original Kenner run is what I'm the one I'm talking about. Not not the stuff that's going on now. But um, I remember that some of the girls would bring their strawberry shortcake dolls to school. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know we weren't allowed to bring toys to school, but like we did because I mean you had a whole landscape of Tatooine, or I think. Um, we'd be able, this is of course way later than 1980, but I remember like um, in the sandbox, we would dig out holes, like deep holes, and I would take sticks and I would stick them around that hole and make sarlacc pits. Yeah. And we, you know, we'd play Star Wars, like just kids brought their toys to school. But anyway, um, I remember the girls bringing some of their um, strawberry shortcake dolls and, and, and low-key being very fascinated by that <laughs> because they smelled really yeah. good and like I just, I'm very much like a sensory type person my kids have that issue too like any touch feel like smell sights like that's just me like i'm very kind of oversensitive to some of those things so i remember like the the baker like he's and there was like a blueberry one um of course strawberry shortcake um i remember there was like a green one i think that smelled like lime or whatever but it all had something to do like key lime pie or strawberry shortcake or blueberry pie i think the baker guy smelled like cinnamon i was just like I really want, like, why don't my toys smell? <laughs> like, 
And then, what, lo and behold, uh, Master of the Universe came out. Yeah. And they had uh, Moss Man, who smelled like pine. Skunk or. Skunk or. <laughs> yeah, that smelled like shit. That was awesome. So I was just like, why do the girls get, like, the good smelling toys and the boys get, like, you know, well, swamp ass or, like, whatever, you know what I mean? So very jealous of that. I wanted toys that smelled good, too. Yep. So yeah, uh, this is fun. This is interesting. Like I was not quite sure what to expect. Um, T T Dog T Bone, you knocked it out of the park once again with your um, your investigative uh, skills. So um, let us know if you'd like to hear another one of these. This is a little bit shorter than what we normally do, but I still think packed with information. Mm-hmm. I I agree with you. I think these episodes will kind of start to evolve into something more as we move forward. Um, we're still trying to get the feel of these. <laughs> yeah, once we really get into the 80s, there's a lot. There's a lot, lot going. going on. <laughs> yeah. So, well, all right. So, yeah, if you want to uh, drop us a message or, or leave us a little, uh, some feedback, that'd be awesome. Uh, you can find us over at Pump Action or Pump Action underscore podcast over on Instagram. Um, I'm also available at Skoden underscore cinema as well. There's a Facebook page too. I haven't really been keeping up with that to be honest with you just because I have my, my schedule's been pretty busy this summer. I've been working and, and uh, you know, doing all the things. But um, I'm going to try to get back to that as well. Eventually, it's just there's so much time and so many movies and so little time to, to talk about. But anyway, but yeah, let, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear it. And we'll see you guys again. Um, in a couple of weeks. So, for TIE Fighter, and T-Bone, you are listening to Pump Action Podcast. Stay healthy.